0: And welcome back, you Stay Tuners, to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports episode I think we're up to like, uh, like 57 or so now um we had uh, the little NFL draft preview last night with shoulders um a little McNabb rant there but we're not gonna talk football tonight we're gonna talk a little combat sports UFC fight night was last Saturday with Overeem versus Olenek uh, we had boxing also last week I was tuning into we had Crawford versus Khan we'll get into that plus Another fight night tomorrow night. Uh, Jakar versus Hermanson. Get my fight picks for that one. But before we get all into that, first I'm going to apologize that if you hear any NFL draft picks in the background, I got it on because I just want to see if Philly trades back up into the second round with the two fourth round picks they have. Maybe try to take DK Metcalf. I know our boy shoulders wanted him. We didn't get him. I kind of like the Stanford kid that we got. We'll see how that pans out for us. But before all that, head over to Twitter. Follow my personal Twitter account at Jimbo ST Sports. Also follow the the show's ST Sports Podcast. Head over to YouTube, subscribe there. We got we got the past episodes finally all up there. Plus any episodes that we release will be on there as well. If you don't want to be on YouTube to listen to us, you could go to iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, basically all the The major ones out there uh, that you can find any podcast shows also head over to belly up sports i I wrote an article kind of a a spoof article in a way about the nfl draft and i i i called it nfl mortal combat draft 19 with the mortal combat game coming out this past week you know it's kind of funny you know so just head over there take a look at it read it tell me what you think so, jumping right into the show, we got UFC Fight Night over in versus Olenek last Saturday. And, you know, the fights were pretty pretty decent. You know, nothing like, oh my god, you know, what a knockout or anything like that. And this one was over in uh, Russia, I believe it was. So, it came on early. It came on at uh, 1 p.m. The main card started. And the first fight that came on was Christoph Joko. Versus Alan Emadovski. Good fight, um, entertaining. It did go to a decision, but Jocko, who I did pick uh, last week, defeated Emadovski. He just looked like a very dominant fighter. Like he looks like he needs a upgrade in competition. So, hopefully for his next fight, he, he does get that. So we can see how much talent he has and you know maybe we could see just how good he is you know so after that fight was Roxanne I'm sorry I keep saying Roxanne it's Raxon Roxanne there we go just like the song Um, Motoriff versus Antonio Shavanko now Shovenko's sister is the I believe the flyweight champion right now she cornered her sister as well and Roxanne actually had a good game plan you know kept close to her whenever she could take her down took her down because Shevanko has some good boxing she's known for kickboxing if you take her down to the ground obviously you know you you take away 90 percent of her um, power or her strengths in a fight and it wasn't it wasn't a dominant performance but it was an entertaining fight and that's how roxanne is you know i I don't think a lot of people give her credit for how good of a fighter she is now going into this fight roxanne was the underdog just because of shivanko's boxing skills just being a lot better boxer than Roxanne. And Roxanne showed a little bit more improvement in her boxing with the jabs, trying to keep in uh, the distance and stuff like that. And when she got her down to the ground, you know, Roxanne showed some good ground skills as well, grinding out a split decision, which I was okay with. You know, it, Again, it was a close fight. When it was standing, Antonia um, definitely was the better striker compared to Roxanne being on her on her feet um, there was a couple times that Tanya did uh, sweep or flip Roxanne over when they were on the ground but never really did any serious damage to Roxanne on the ground now I'm curious to see where this goes and you know I, I kind of like what uh, what happened in the the post fight interview in the in the ring um, I forget who was interviewing Roxanne, but you know, said, you know, who who do you want to call out next? You know, you've been doing pretty well past a couple fights, and Roxanne called out for Cyborg, and within a split second, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. And then I, I believe it was like the next day, Cyborg actually sent a video to Roxanne, jokingly back as well, saying, you know, you don't want any of this, and doing basically a five or seven punch combo with a, a backflip kick or whatever. You know, so it, it was kind of funny to see a little, a little humor there between those two fighters. But I, I would like to see a little upgrade in talent for Roxanne. You know, I know she was, when she first got into UFC after the, um, the UFC TV show, The Ultimate Fighter, she wasn't as good as she is now. It's kind of seemed like out of her element in a way. But lately has been coming on a lot better, and I would like to see if she could go for a belt. You know, not necessarily next fight, but maybe a, a top five, top seven fighter for herself. And if she wins that, you know, maybe that maybe that puts her in line for a, a championship fight. But after that fight was a heavyweight fight versus Sergey Pavlovich versus uh, Marcelio Gomes. Both big dudes, obviously with a heavyweight fight like this, could end within seconds. And kind of did in a way. Um, a minute into it, a connected with Golem, knocked him down, ref called it due to punches. The dude just, he, he, striking wise, yes, he did connect and knock Golem out, but he did still kind of look a little herky-jerky type. With the the striking, you know, so it does still like look like he needs some work, but it was a nice punch he landed, though. Um, I think maybe for his next fight, maybe keep it around the same talent level there as uh, Marcelo Gomez, and just improve on his his striking. He's young. You never know what's gonna, you know, happen with these these heavyweights, and you know the commentators were saying about the, the heavyweight division, how you're basically one knockout away from a, a title. And if you look at the heavyweight rankings, there's like three good guys, you know, one, two, three, and then the talent just drops off. You know, so there's not a big line waiting to go for the heavyweight belt compared to, say... You know, the lightweights, or I mean, I know John Jones is the champion, but if you look at the even the light heavyweights, after John Jones, all the talent is combined together. You know, they're real close as far as talent wise. Heavyweight doesn't look like that, and it's been like that for years. You know, even when Randy Couture had the belt, it, it never really became a huge competitive division, it was always. This guy wins the belt this week he defends it next week loses it to another guy next week he loses it there was never really a reigning champion after that heavyweight fight with sergey came the the lightweight division islam makovic versus armin sarakhan um total total domination for islam his his wrestling was just dominant Kind of in a way that he probably could have finished the fight at some point. Kind of, there was a couple of times it seemed like he was kind of toying with it, But just never could put Armin away. And, and it went to decision. It was a unanimous decision for Islam. Definitely would like to see an upgrade in town for him. Uh, maybe a top five guy. And... After you know, say if he gets a top high guy, I think definitely he would be going for the the lightweight belt. Then came the the main event: Alistair Overeem versus Alexei Oleinik. Um, Oleinik took the the fight on a two week notice. When he came out to do uh, nothing against the dude, because I mean he probably could kick my ass, but looked old as shit, you know. I know I said uh, last episode about Overeem, you know, kind of being up there and this and that and the other thing, but I'll give Olenek credit. He came in, he he was willing to just stand and bang and and just take all the punches he could. There was a couple times that he had Overeem up against the the cage. Some of them, I think Overeem was uh, playing possum and trying to take Olenek to kind of gas out because... He just kept throwing punches left and right. Ninety percent of them looked like they were power punches, a lot of body shots, and then finally Overeem just connected uh, a knee to the head and dropped a Lenik. That I think that was the only fight I actually got wrong for my picks, because I, I know I took Jocko, I know I took Roxanne as the underdog. I think I took Sergey, and I'm pretty sure I took Islam. So I mean, I actually did pretty good there with my picks. Now circling back to the Overeem fight and kind of touching back about the, the heavyweight division. It was a good knockout. You know, it was a somewhat impressive uh, fight. There was a lot of punches that he took that he could have probably not not have t- t- you know, taken. Um, I don't think he should go for a tail fight yet. I think he should get one more fight maybe against a top three or a top five guy. You know, you got Daniel Cromier as the champion right now. Maybe pin Overeem against Stiepe. Uh, Stiepe and see how that goes. You know, Overeem is the, the kickboxer. Stiepe, striker, maybe a little bit of wrestling in there. Yeah, you know, striking-wise, Cromier calm. But it was a nice little setup that Cromier built up to knock up uh, knock out Stiepe. But... I actually wouldn't mind seeing that fight. I think that might actually be a good fight with uh, Cpa going up against Overeem. I don't want to see Overeem going up against, uh, say, like a Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis. I, I think I think he would destroy them. He has uh, Overeem has a lot better cardio. He could probably just do the same thing that he just did to Lennox. just kind of let themselves gas themselves out and just pick them apart. So that's, that's going to be the review for uh, last week's UFC Fight Night. Like I said, there's going to be a, a UFC Fight Night tomorrow night. And I'm going to give my picks for that. But before we get to that, we're going to stick uh, with UFC. One of my up-and-coming fighters for UFC, Sugar Shane O'Malley, is coming back. I, I like his fighting style. He kind of reminds me of O'Connor. Minus the whole drama with, you know, bust incidences and... Breaking people's phones and shit like that. But he did get popped for steroids. Um, and that's why he, one of the reasons he's been out for about a year now. He hasn't fought since uh, March of 2018 when he fought Andre Sokomath. And that's when I actually fell in love with this guy because he actually broke his foot, I believe it was, and was fighting the guy on one leg. He was up against the cage with the broken foot up on the cage and still picking this guy apart. Taunting the guy. You know, you always see uh, Sugar Shane in, in the audience for uh, the other you know fight nights or the pay-per-views. He just, he has charisma and he has talent and a lot of the, the back fists or, or the kicks he does, they're just so unorthodox that you don't know where they're coming from and, and when they're coming. He just sets everything up so nicely. And so far, he's 2-0 in UFC. He's coming back to fight Marlon Vera at UFC 239 on July 6th in Vegas, which is co-headlined by John Jones and Tiago Santos, as well as Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm for the UFC Women's Bantam title. And, I mean, this card is stacking up. To be a good card um even this this fight itself Marlon Vera he's a pretty good fighter so th- this is gonna show how good Sugar Shane really is Marlon Vera I, I believe the past three fights he's won he's 13 5 and 1 so I mean obviously that's not a bad record he's a quick kid this could possibly go the full you know three or five rounds which whichever they decide it's going to be. Um, I'm ho- Obviously I'm hoping. That Sugar Shane pulls it out. Because he's kind of my new fighter. I want to follow. And hope he does very well for himself. If he does beat Marlon Vera. Kind of going with the theme. I think they should do a little. Upgrade in talent for him. Maybe give him a top. 10 guy. You know maybe like a 8 or 9. Because I think Vera is probably like a. A top 15 guy right now depending on what rankings you look because there's so many rankings out there it's it's ridiculous but the problem that uh, O'Malley had with the, the suspensions was he got popped twice on September 5th and December 8th for Austrian um, now the USADA only suspended him for six months and basically combined the two testings as a one finding because when they tested uh, Osterin, I guess it was basically the same amount between both tests. So it wasn't like he was taking it, you know, September fifth and it took more on December 8th or, or whatnot. So hopefully Sugar Shane, though, did learn from this because I believe this was his first uh, offense. Hopefully he doesn't turn into a TJ Dillashaw and keep taking it, taking it, and, and then get suspended for two years and lose two years of his, his career. So, yes, Sugar Shane is back July 6th. I, I suggest you guys try to watch him somehow. Very entertaining fighter. Even probably the even the, the lead up the, the trash talking or however you want to call it should be pretty good. Now Like I said, UFC Fight Night uh, Overeem started at 1. At night, I had a buddy of mine from work text me that about the Terrence Crawford-Amara Khan fight was at night. Now, I've heard of Khan. I'm not big into boxing because there's so many belts out there. There's so many promoters out there. At least with MMA, you have UFC. Daniel Way is their promoter. Bellator has... Cocker as their promoter and you don't have Cocker saying well our guy could be John Jones but Dana White's not signing the contract for that fight that's what's killing boxing right now I think there's too many promoters that are holding their fighters back from fighting the other fighters who is the number one pound for pound boxer out there you got Crawford And his promoter saying that he is. You have. I forget who the other kid was. After Crawford defeated Khan. Uh, The commentators are saying. Crawford should fight the kid. But that promoter won't let the fights go on. Because of probably money. But. Going into it. I I picked Khan because he was definitely the underdog going in. Crawford was the champ. And is still the champ. Round one. Khan looked decent, he looked good, um, until towards the end of the first round, Bradford caught him with a, or I'm sorry, uh, Crawford caught him with a a hook and, and dropped him, now it dropped him and he just jumped right back up, so it wasn't like, oh my god, he's he's done, You know, he's not going to make the 10 count, but obviously, Khan didn't look fully recovered, um, especially at the end of the round. So, obviously, Crawford got that round as a a 10-8. Round two started, and it looked like Crawford finally figured out Khan's speed with his his jabs and his counters and stuff like that, cutting off the ring the right way, and just totally took Khan out of the fight. Now, again, the, the whole theme of this fight that I took from Khan was... He was game no matter what. He he was not backing down. He was trying to figure out. How to get inside to Khan. And. Um, land the punches. It's just. for Unfortunately for Khan. It really wasn't working for him. The the whole fight. Except for. I believe it was like the, the fourth round. Now in the third round though. Or I'm sorry. In the second round. Um, like I said. Uh, Khan was hanging in there. Crawford definitely took the second round. But it seemed like Khan was starting to get a couple punches in there. Um, Just not enough. Third round, Crawford just, just ran away with it. I mean, he just totally dominated that round. Khan started to look like he's starting to get frustrated. Not knowing how to get in there and land body punches or, or any, you know, head this and that. Round four, it was, it, Khan came out a lot better, more confident it seemed. He was landing some more punches. He wasn't going straight forward at Crawford. He was cutting off the ring. And unfortunately, it was probably the only round that Khan won. Now, it was, I believe, a 12-round fight. Ended it with some controversy, which we will get to. Round five, um, Crawford basically, you know, took the fight back. Almost like, in a way, he kind of uh, toyed with Khan in round four. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, Crawford took the, the round. Then round six happened. Uh, about 36, uh, 30 seconds into it. They're exchanging and Crawford landed a, a legal blow. After the fight, Crawford said he didn't think so, but if you look at the video, it was low. It was below the belt. Okay, yes, yo, know, you want to say, well, okay, it, it kinda of hit more of the thigh than anything, but for us males out there, if you're anywhere in that area, whether it's the thigh and you just get a little bit of it, it still hurts. So the ref stopped it, paused the time. It was you know, came up to Khan said you got five minutes to recover. About a minute into the recovery time, you could hear Khan's corner uh, trainer Virgil say to him, "Can you keep going on?" And Khan responded with, "I can't feel my legs. You know, it's the hardest I've ever been punched, and it's the first time I've ever been punched illegally." Two seconds later, Virgil looked at the ref said, "He's done. My fire's done. He can't go on." Now, so the ref called the fight. You know, Crawford wins by... I think they called it as a, a KO. Um, they interviewed Khan. Khan came out and said, I never told them that, you know, I can't go on. Just that my legs were, were out. You know, they were jello. They asked Virgil. Virgil said, Khan said, yeah, you know, I can't go on. The only thing I could take from this is Timothy Bradley put it best as a fighter when your corner says to you or asks you a question you need to watch how you say things and the way you say it now the way Khan said it to me did not sound like he said I'm done you know like um, his way of saying I'm done But on the flip side, Virgil took it as, I can't go on. So he's protecting his fighter. Do I think it's the right thing that Virgil did it? The way the fight was going, basically Khan only won one round. Crawford was picking him apart. I kind of agree with Virgil to stop this fight. Now, I, I did see... Someone posts on Twitter or whatever. When this was going down. That they think Virgil was actually looking for a. Fishing for a a, a DQ. And from my understanding. How it goes is. If the fire can't. Go on. Because of an illegal blow. They could actually. Give Khan the win. By Dr. Stoppage. And he would have won the belt. I think that's more of what Virgil was doing and why he told the ref that his fire can't go on. If that's the case, if I'm con, I'd be looking for a new trainer. One, I don't wanna win a belt that way. You know, a cheap end type win. I wanna have no controversy. I want a clear cut and day that I beat this guy the right way and I am the champion so unfortunately that's not what happened after the fight they brought Crawford's promoter in and then like I stated earlier you know he said yeah we want Crawford to fight whoever the the number one guy for the other promotion is but they won't let the fight go on and this is why boxing will never be bigger than UFC ever again I mean boxing was big back in the day probably will never be as big ever again just because there's so many promoters out there it's it's killing the sport so before we go I'm gonna touch on the UFC fight night which will be tomorrow night um, most likely on ESPN plus because since they have that contract with them the main event is Ronaldo Sueza versus Jack Hermanson um, before we give our, our picks I mean just looking at it it's actually looks like a pretty decent card could be very entertaining and and some knockouts uh, the first fight on the main card is a lightweight fight between Roosevelt Roberts versus Thomas Gilford um, I think I've heard of Roosevelt Roberts don't think I really have seen him fight, <clears throat> so I'm gonna kind of put the blindfold on here and, and pick Thomas Guilford. Hopefully, I'm right there. You know, <laughs> after that fight, we have a bantamweight with John Lineker versus Corey Stanhagen. Lineker is is he's he's a fighter, you know. I I like his style. He likes to brawl, but if it has to go down to the ground, he could do some ground pound there. Between these two guys, I'm going to go with John Lineker. I'm going to go with a knockout. Uh, second round. We'll see how well I do with my uh, parlay bet there, as we would call it, I guess. After that fight, we actually have a good fight here at light heavyweight. Glover Teixeira versus Ion Kutubella. Um, It's kind of funny how Teixeira has fallen so far. I mean, he was right there to... Supposed to be the next light heavyweight champion. And here he is. On USC fight night. As the fourth fight. No I'm sorry. The third fight on the main card. He's not even a, a co-main event anymore. But he, I still think he has. Some power in those hands. Even though he's a little bit older now. I'm going to go Glover to With, with a, a knockout here. And then this next fight. Could possibly be the fight of the night. It's a welterweight fight. Versus Alex Oliveira versus Mike Perry. I don't like Mike Perry. He just... I don't mind trash-talking, but he just seems like he takes it a step too far sometimes. Like, he just... I don't want to say dirtbag, but just rubs me the wrong way. Let's just leave it at that, I guess, in a way. So, you know, Alex Oliveira has some good kicks. he I put him up there with um, Donald Cerrone. Um... And I think that's maybe how he's going to win this. He's just going to, you know, keep doing with the kicks to keep Perry away. And if it goes to the ground, Alex has some submissions down there too. So I'm going to pick out Alex for this this win here. And for the co-main event, we have a heavyweight fight between Greg Hardy and Dmitri Smolagiava. Don't like Greg Hardy. Don't like how everything went down with him, with the NFL, with... ...him beating his girlfriend, fiancé up... ...the the picture with all the guns and everything... ...threatening... ...for him to be even in the UFC... I, ...I just... ...it makes me cringe... ...like why give this scumbag... ...a chance... ...to make something of himself... ...everybody messes up once... ...I understand that... ...but when you mess up twice... ...and the second time is... ...30 times worse than the first time, you don't deserve. You, you should be bagging groceries or picking up garbage on the side of the road. You should not be able to have a chance to make millions of dollars. So I'm hoping for it. I'm going for Dimitri, and I'm hoping he knocks him out in the first round within the first 10 seconds to show that Hardy 1 doesn't have talent enough talent to be a UFC fighter. And then for the main event, we have a middleweight fight between Ronaldo Sueza versus Jack Hermanson. Listen, I, I like Ronaldo, and I think he's going to win this just because he has a lot of power. And again, if he gets down on the ground, he's going to choke you out. He has some serious chokes. But I will not be surprised if Jack Hermanson wins because the rumor is that if Ronaldo wins this, he is guaranteed a title shot. And he he's always been... Right there, right at the door, to have a title shot, and ends up losing that match right before the title shot. I'm hoping that this time around he finally kicks that door open and walks through and says, "Gives me, you know, give me my title shot." So that's my picks for this week. Me and Shoulders will definitely be back next week, um, previewing or uh, reviewing the NFL draft. There's a lot of stories coming out of there now. Um, we're going to talk about it. The Eagles draft Shoulders' uh, top pick, DK Metcalf. We'll find out. Uh, before I go, head over to Twitter and follow me at Jibbo St Sports. Follow the show at St Sports Podcast. Head over to YouTube, subscribe to us there. The more people we could uh, subscribe to, the more chances we, we could do a lot uh, bigger things. We want to try to do the, the live feed as far as shows. Um, we could do giveaways once we get more people involved. You know, so head over there, subscribe to us. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, all the major platforms. Until next week, this is your good friend Jibo signing out.